Hour two here on WRSU, the crew on this great March Madness Selection Sunday or post selection Sunday, Monday. My name is Jack Pasea out in Dayton, Ohio, getting ready for Rutgers versus Notre Dame at 9 10 p.m. on Wednesday night on True TV and WRSU FM, obviously. Chris Taconis and Dylan Allen, they are out there in Dayton. It's been a really fun hour one. We had Brad Wachtel on the show. We talked a lot about the bracket as a whole, Rutgers and their position in the tournament and you know our picks for the NCAA tournament has been a fun hour one but for these first 10 or so minutes of hour two before we get Aaron Brightman on the phone to talk with us more about March Madness and Rutgers we're going to talk some NFL because the NFL has not been quiet at all even though it's March and we're a month after the Super Bowl Um, NFL has not been quiet Um, and I think the biggest I think the biggest news of the NFL, and it came right in the middle of Selection Sunday, Tom Brady is back. No. He's going going back no. to Tampa. No. He stole the show. I will not be doing this right now. No, stole the show. Not. No. no. We're doing it. We're doing it. Is, I'll tell you what this is about. Let's not forget. We're talking about a former Michigan quarterback here. They, right. They were not a, he was not about to let Rutgers have their moment. <laughs> That's what this is about. You think that's what this is about? Why do you think he waited until right after the Rutgers Notre Dame matchup was revealed? Hmm. You think that was a coincidence, though? He could have announced it any time he wanted. I think Ronaldo convinced him. Oh well, I mean, as if I had another in reason that mini to conversation, not like Cristiano Ronaldo, that overrated clown. <laughs> he had a hat trick. He relies on pure athleticism. <laughs> if you're talking about navigating in tight spaces, you know, the ability to beat wingbacks one on one on the dribble, give me Messi all day. I'm sorry. I have no use for Cristiano Ronaldo, and I have no use for him talking the, the most dislikable quarterback in recent NFL memory to come out of retirement. I just I have no. I'll I take no, your word for it. I don't pay. We'll I take, don't watch soccer like no that. No use for either of them. Who who right, knew like, that? Tom Brady uh, who, of soccer. I'll say that right now. Who knew that some NFL talk would turn into Cristiano Ronaldo slander? Well, he he inserted himself into this by convincing Tom Brady to come out of retirement. Yeah. I'm did sorry. you see Did you see the video, Jack? I'm referring to. I did. Yeah. And, and Brady made a face going like, ah, we'll see. He kind of made one of those faces. And then literally, it was so funny. Literally, Chris is waiting in the line at Enterprise to get the rental car at India Airport. I was and screaming. I get the alert, and I show it to him. He's like, you got to be kidding me. He's... <laughs> I was like, this can't be real. <laughs> and we're like, T-minus 20 minutes from Selection Sunday on CBS. And... No, it was after Selection Sunday. Oh, yeah, right. No, it was after. You're right, because we already had known that Rutgers was uh, in Dayton. You're right. So, I was yeah. I was surprised because I always picture Tom Brady as the type of guy when he makes a decision it's final right like when he made his decision to retire I thought that would be it I would I would see this more from like Aaron Rodgers but Tom I Brady I really Brett thought Favre. or Brett Favre of course but I thought I thought Tom Brady when he made his decision to retire that was final um, obviously so not too. obviously not but uh you know. Being a Cowboys fan, you have to deal with Tom Brady again in the NFC, so that's always that's always a joy. And uh, Jet, as Chris, as worry, a Jets Jack, fan, still has to deal with. Uh, you won't reach the championship game in the plan. Don't worry. <laughs> and Chris, and Chris, as yeah, a Jets right. fan, still has to deal with the uh, the after effects of Tom Brady running the AFC East for the better part of two decades. What happens first, Tom Brady retiring or the Jets making the playoffs? <laughs> oh man, what a dark timeline. So unfortunate. So unbelievable. 
I was having, I was in a good, I was in a good state of mind. I'm like, all right, all right, we're going to the tournament. We get to our trip extended. I'm renting a car. We're going to Dayton, Ohio. Everything is great. And then, bam. Yep. Tom Brady, back, baby. Better than ever. I, I got to say, your your deserve this. <laughs> I got to say, your take on why Tom Brady did this and being it Rucker centric is 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 really a hot take. I got to say. <laughs> I just, I mean, there's no other way to explain entirely, it. We're a Rutgers show, and frankly, I do not, I do, I do not believe in coincidences. There is no. It was literally right after Rutgers Notre Dame was announced. I'm sorry, I don't make the rules. It's just the way it is. <laughs> the the anti Rutgers agenda knows no bounds. I wonder what I wonder what goes into someone's head, like Tom Brady, for instance. You know, you're about to press send on a tweet that's about to break well, the internet. First off, I do not think he is the one. Send. You think so? He's think got so? he's got some he's got some corporate lackey who gets to tweet for a living. See, Chris doesn't like put, Tom Brady, and he doesn't, this, and he doesn't no, think no, he can no, run no, his own no, Twitter. No, 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 he carries over no, to everything no, 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 in life. To say my piece before Brightman on to talk some Rutgers basketball. Here's the thing you have to keep in mind with Tom Brady, because at the end of the day, he's got this whole team of. Social media people and publicity people and, uh, you know, all, all like crafting this carefully cultivated image of Tom Brady, family man, a legendary quarterback, all that. Which he is. It's all so fake. It's so fake. Well, I mean, I'm not going to say anything about his family, obviously, but um, you know, from a quarterback perspective, you know, not a fan. <laughs> as we know. Not a fan of him as a quarterback. Um, you know, I just, I just, I just don't like him. And I, I know for a fact this is Why is that, Chris? Thing. It's not an unpopular thing. Because he's a Jets ruin fan. football. He's a Jets fan. Ruin football. Want to watch Dynasties? I'll go watch the NBA. There's a boring league for you. Now that's that's a good take, Chris. It's so... Uh, all right. Dribble, dribble, dribble. <laughs> the dribble, draw dribble, a foul. Dribble. <laughs> draw, draw a foul. Uh, you know, hoist up a contested three. I mean, all right, fine. If you want to call that basketball, you can call it basketball. I'm not interested. It's literally iso ball. And they just they give it to their main guy. Not ISO ball. They give it to their main guy. They set him five screens. They'll give it to one guy. They'll give it right back to him, and he'll pop a three, or they'll just go down and shoot a three, or drive in and you know get barely touched foul. I mean, you see Embiid shooting like 20 free throws a game. You know what? What is that? That's not basketball. And then they don't call travels. So if you're gonna call every contact foul, but not every travel, doesn't make sense to me either. I think I saw Seth Curry pull the. I don't know if it was last night, but. He pulled the Westbrook travel. You know, like that famous travel from from Westbrook when he was on the Thunder. He got the inbound, and he starts walking with the ball. Doesn't dribble, and then they call, and he's, like, putting a play up with his hand. They call the travel. Curry catches the ball last night, dribbles around, stops dribbling, and then starts to dribble again. The crowd all wants to travel. They don't call anything. I, I'm, I'm with you on that, Chris. The NBA, NBA, college basketball is way better, 100%. And you said it was boring, the NBA? Not a fan. Not a fan. I'm not either. Not either. Once we get to the playoffs, it's going to get ten times interesting. Just watch. But even then, like, I don't know. I feel like it's just not as – I mean, yeah, some of the series, like last year especially, when there were all new teams in, like, the the last four teams, right? The Suns, you had the Bucks, they had, they had the Hawks, and what was the one other team? Last year? Last year's – Clippers. Fi- it was the Clippers. Clippers, yes. Like, the Clippers had never made a conference final – 
the Suns, they don't win it. They haven't won anything in there. The Bucks haven't won since like the '60s, and the Hawks. But they're all new teams, young stars. It was appealing, and I watched it. But when it's LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant for six years in a row, you know, you kind of get bored of it. No matter how quote unquote entertaining it might be, seeing LeBron get swept or you know. The comeback in really 2016 was fun. It's not that entertaining. It's even, it's even more so than the finals themselves or the Super Bowl itself. It's the buildup to it. Because if you look and you see, you know, for instance, it was like, what was it? It was Heat Celtics a couple times too, right? In the conference yeah. finals? Yeah. Yeah. It was mainly those two teams, yeah. So even when Le- And then it was Miami, Boston, right when LeBron was in Miami. But yeah. it was always the Celtics and wherever LeBron was. Yeah. So that's my that's my point is, like, don't you – like, as a fan, I get sick of watching that after a certain amount of time. That's I say, it. well, why watch this? I can watch something else. I think well, I disagree. I, dis- I disagree with you for obvious reasons. Well, but, uh, why I- is it obvious? I can't think of one. <laughs> but, He's a big LeBron guy. But uh, I do hear where you're coming from. I know there's different perspectives. Um, I think me personally, this NBA season has been a di- lot harder to watch because the Lakers are absolute travesty. Like, uh, they're they're the they're like a liability to the NBA at this point with how bad they are. So, but I do I do understand that new faces are necessary at some times. But I think at the same time, the NBA is so good, or their stars, the NBA stars, I'd say, are so. Famous because the NBA markets their stars better than any other league. And I think having those biggest stars on the biggest stage, Steph Curry, LeBron, Kevin Durant, name you name it, I think that's really good for the NBA's brand. Um, I'd also say that the Warriors dynasty was one of the worst things to ever happen to the NBA. But I think also having those stars on the biggest stage helps a lot. I think that's the other problem, too. Just basketball as a whole, not even to shame the NBA, but the fact that you really only need two really good players and some good depth to win a championship, I mean, it gets very repetitive because you only need three players or two players and a good coach for it to happen. In football, I, you need you need four good linemen. You need a good quarterback who understands reads. You need good receivers. You need to play defense. Like, there's so much more going on that have to click in fo- in a sport like football or even baseball compared to the NBA. That's why we. That's why Chris and I probably feel it's so repetitive. It takes less in a way to be at the top of the sport. And so that's why you see a lot of LeBron-led teams, right, Michael Jordan back in the day. Like, you see a lot of repetitive teams because as soon as you get that star player and a good guy and and an all-star teammate and good depth around and you keep them, it'll just be a constant run every single year. Yes, you have certain teams like that with the NFL, but look at Cincinnati, right? I mean, how many teams in the NBA, Jack, would you say, where they're bottom of the league, then the very next year they're going to the NBA Finals? I mean, how many times, you know, it's... You don't see it very often, it's, and it's because in basketball, I think it all just starts with the difficulty of winning the sport itself. I think basketball is probably the easiest sport to win a championship in. If I'm being honest, football, you need, 20, you need 22 players all to do their job. You need the coaches, and then there's also the injury factor. I right. think I think baseball, DA. There's a, there's 40 men on the ro- 26 men on the roster. Basketball, you got five guys and, and six guys on the bench. And the five guys that start, for the most part, you only need two of them to be really good. I think so, that's the part where it gets us, at least me. Sorry for cutting you off there, DA. It's all good. Uh, we're working, we're working in imperfect circumstances, as I said earlier in the show. It's all good. We're, we're doing fine. But DA, 
I think basketball is hard in its in a sense because um I think basketball is hard because it's very long to win a championship. You got to win four times in seven games for like two months to win the championship. You know what I mean? No, I know what you mean. I'm just saying it takes less if that makes sense. In football, you need a good quarterback. You need weapons. You need linemen that can block. You need a good play caller. You need a good cornerback system. In the NBA, if you just have LeBron James and a well, obviously the Lakers not really panning out this year, but even you get you just give Giannis with one good teammate and they will make a run at the playoffs or the finals even every single year. Football, you see new teams in every year. The Eagles somehow made it this year. They were projected to finish with like three wins. They go nine and seven, or whatever the record was. They get a wild card spot and they go down to Tampa and play a playoff game. You don't see it in the NBA all that often, and I think just the repetitive amount of the seeing the same faces. And I see it's kind of hard because in football, Tom Brady's in it every year, and the Patriots or, or the Buccaneers. I get that Aaron Rodgers, all this and that, but. Maybe it's just the amount of teams, too, in the NBA that they let in the playoffs. I don't know. I've, I've been saying, I think I've said this on this show repeatedly, too many teams make the NBA playoffs. Yeah, and now they you have the play-in. Yeah, the play-in makes it worse. If you're going to do a play-in, have the top four in. If you want to do, like, five through eight for the play-in, then the winners of those go on to the top six and play in the playoffs. I'd be fine with that. Right. You give the top two a bye. That'll help yeah. load management, too, for like the top, top teams. Yeah, I'd go with that. If you don't want to worry about guys like LeBron taking it, well, maybe not LeBron because he's not playing on the top team, but uh, if you uh, want to say someone like Giannis uh, or Kevin Durant from taking a night off, right? You know, from a fan perspective, okay, I say, all right, guys, you don't have to play a seven-game series. Yeah. That'd be huge. It'd be almost like a wild card round in the NBA. And it'd be better, too, because you would reduce injuries. Uh, a lot of guys get right. If you want to make the first round, like, best of five, I'd be fine with that, too. Because you need some uncertainty, too. It can't be just – that, I think, is the biggest problem. I think all the other problems kind of boil down to you can, with a reasonably high degree of confidence, if you know basketball, you can predict almost every playoff series up until the finals or the conference finals, maybe. Right. I, the first round is almost always chalk. I got a lot to say on this on this NBA stuff, but we'll save that for another time because we got Aaron Brightman on the line. We're going to be back in about a minute, and we'll get Aaron's thoughts on Rutgers men's basketball and all that good stuff. Stay here on WRSU 88.7 FM, New Brunswick, or WRSU.org. Welcome back to the Monday crew here on March 14th. We got about 15 minutes or so left on the crew. Dylan Allen, Chris Skonis. Jack Bissett here with you. Chris and I are in Dayton, Ohio, in our comfort in suite right now. Uh, we got like a futon couch, desk chair set up here. Jack back in studio. Um, but right now a it's time to... A futon couch? We got a couch, a futon, and oh. a desk chair set up. Yeah, I got to hear this setup. I, I have room. to hear this setup. Yeah, you're making this setup. I made it all sound like one. You, no, you made it sound more fancy than it actually is. So here's the deal. Dylan is sitting directly opposite to me on a blue couch, room for two people. Yeah. He's sitting on the right. His hat is sitting on the left. Correct. It's a New York Knicks hat, blue with the white back. Uh, to our left, we have the uh, futon, which currently has my uh, coat, which I'm too lazy to hang up on it. Uh, we have an open Comrex case in between the two, just sort of sitting there. And a small walkway to the door. And a small walkway to the door. To my left, we have the laptop, which just went to sleep. And <laughs> next to my right knee is the Comrex unit. Dylan's laptop is to the left of it. It's on a table, yeah. On a table. 
But so technically speaking, there's a and futon, there's an Ethernet line a we desk have to call chair. someone for 20 minutes to figure out how to yes. get it on, but it works. And we so have it worked on the air, yeah. So right. that, that, there's a play-by-play of where are we right now. I hope that helps. By the way, you're listening to WRSUFM. I don't know why I did that. Yeah, we're, we're, we're about 10 minutes early. <laughs> <laughs> the same, the same radio that will be broadcasting the game on Wednesday yes, night. Yes, and that's also another programming note I wanted to get out there. Uh, due to rights restrictions, we are only going to be on the FM feed uh, for the NCAA tournament for men's basketball. So, um, you know, 88.7 FM, if you're in central Jersey, you can listen to us through there. But that's pretty much all you'll be able to find us. Unfortunately, no WRSU.org, no telling your smart speaker to play us. I mean, you could do that. You just won't hear the basketball game. But, um, yeah, that's that's it's where shame. we're at. Yeah, it is what it is. But in any case. Time for rapid fire, yeah, boys. Yeah, right, what do we got? We got a little segment called – Faces in new places because there's a oh, lot of movement going on. We should have made an intro for this. That's all right. There's a lot of movement going on within the NFL and Major League Baseball over the past couple of days, and I got to get some just opinions on these new guy on these guys going to new places and how they might affect the team. And I think the the first one I want to start out with is Christian Kirk going to Jacksonville on that massive contract. I believe it's four years, eighty-two million dollars or so. Guys, I, overall thoughts, maybe not so much about the contract, but Christian Kirk in Jacksonville in general. Yeah, a uh, lot of lot of big contracts in the you NFL. Sounded very, feels... You sounded very uh, enthused about that, Jack. Yeah, I mean, I mean, every time every time the NFL free agency comes, it's just like I know the Cowboys aren't going to do anything. So like, I just see all <laughs> well, this stuff something. that people that teams do, and I just get annoyed, and that's really the crux of it. So. I can't. I never get excited for the NFL NFL free agency because I just know nothing's gonna happen. That's gonna. I'm gonna like. Uh, <laughs> all right, next one. Amari Cooper in Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, technically, it's a it's a face in a new place. He falls underneath the guidelines for this. I know how you feel about Amari Cooper as a person, but we got to talk about the Browns. How this works for them? They just released Jarvis Landry earlier today. I don't know if you saw that, but uh, yeah, Amari Cooper. Chris, Jack, and want to take it away. Chris, you got it, bro. <laughs> I mean, what are we doing here? So, I mean, I get that he wanted out of Dallas, but a fifth round pick? A fifth round? They traded a first to get him from the Raiders, formerly from Oakland. And made him the highest paid receiver no, at one point. All right, the I team think. formerly known as the Oakland Raiders. Anyway. Yeah. In any case. You trade a first-round pick for a guy. You don't ship him for a fifth. If they got in like a <laughs> second or a third, you know, a, a decently valuable. A fifth is like, let's draft this safety out of Florida International University <laughs> and see if it pans out. That's the fifth round for you. Or what are you going to do, draft a skinny, unathletic quarterback from Michigan who thinks that he's the best thing to ever happen to football? Like, I mean, that's the fifth round for you. All right, all right. We'll move, move. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just laughing because Jack just was like, "Yeah, Chris, you take this," because I just know he's not happy. Um, all right, moving on. Interesting fact about this team: their Super Bowl odds actually uh, became worse after this player was signed. That's Mitchell Trubisky to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Thoughts about that? Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, the odds that went up by like a th- two thousand or something. No, 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 no. I said this to you in the parking lot in the Indianapolis airport. Do you, <laughs> let's let's do it. Let's let's take let's take uh, numbers right now, and this will kind of work because we didn't do locks of the week this week. Perfect. What is the over under 
on the or, or I'll put it this way. Uh, how much time do you think it will take for Juju Smith-Schuster to get tired of Mitch Trubisky <laughs> overthrowing him, eating into his production slash fantasy points, and demanding a trade out of Pittsburgh? How long? How long? What, what are we thinking here, boys? Hmm. I'd probably say week six, maybe seven. Week six, maybe seven. All right, Jack? I'd say I'd say probably first five weeks. First five weeks. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I said week four. Week so four, yeah. I just I don't think that's a good idea. I mean, unless they've got something up their sleeve, I don't think they do. Um, you know, unless they try to package Trubisky and Mason Rudolph and say to the team, hey, maybe you can't replace uh, your quarterback, but you can recreate him in the aggregate. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that, that was a money ball reference. I don't know if you picked up on that. But, um, no, I, I guess, I don't know. I mean, there, isn't, there also just isn't a good quarterback market this this year. Not anymore. All the good even quarterbacks the, have kind of gone. And, and in the draft, even. There's no, right. like, I, I mean, what, you're going to roll with Malik Willis? I guess you could. I, I don't. <laughs> Sam Howell? Got I feel like I feel like if you're, like, like you're going to draft someone, though, you got to be, like, sold on the guy. You know what I mean? Right. No, no, no. I know what you're saying. And I don't think there's any of those guys in this draft. But then at the end, well, what did they give forgive me if you said this in the open, but what what did they give up for him? Or did they just sign him? For Mitch? Yeah. Uh it was a free agent signing. I think it was a okay, two year okay. deal or something. Trade. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, I mean then, you know, you've got cap space, a backup quarterback, one that's, you know, also not particularly good, uh doesn't totally break the bank. Okay. I could see I could see as a roll the dice kind of move. At least they didn't pull a Panthers and trade a second rounder. <laughs> For Sam Darnold. Well, speaking of the Panthers, moving uh, moving on, th- that is one of the teams Deshaun Watson has requested an interview with uh, before, I guess, the Texans start talking about trades for him. He's re- That's one of the teams he's requested to talk to. And I also saw somewhere that the, the Houston Texans blocked the Indianapolis Colts request to talk to Deshaun Watson as well. So, so they're willing to trade him, just not within the division, which is smart. But let's say, for conversation's sake, Deshaun Watson becomes a Carolina Panther. You're looking at a division where you now have Tom Brady, Deshaun Watson, Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill, right, in New Orleans, and then Matt Ryan in Atlanta, maybe, right? I don't, he's. I feel like he might get traded. Well, I think he would be. Or go elsewhere. Wait, so it was Brady in Tampa Bay. Who was the other one? Winston or Tamis, Taysom Hill in New Orleans, okay. and then I'll, and then Deshaun in Carolina. I was gonna say there really isn't a bad quarterback in there. Maybe Matt Ryan would be the worst, even. Yeah, I, it de- I mean, it, it if, really if depends. Lazy, I mean, if Lazy Jameis uh, balls out this year, you know, maybe maybe it works out. I don't know. It really depends. Uh, I don't know. Jameis Winston really didn't sell me at all last year, and, and Taysom Hill just doesn't seem like the kind of guy um, who can. I don't know. He, he, neither of those guys have convinced me to keep it short with you. Um, I think I think the Saints probably if Deshaun Watson does become a Panther, I think the Saints probably have the worst QB room. I think Matt Ryan is still a decent enough quarterback to be better than those two guys. Um, all right, now we'll shift a little bit over to baseball because there has been a lot of moves in the baseball world as well. Uh, Matt Olson is a Brave. Now and that almost locks it up for Freddie Freeman to no longer be an Atlanta Brave. And interesting. So that means the Dodgers, the Yankees are in play to get him as well. Uh, probably amongst a couple other teams. But what do you think of Matt Chapman? Or not Matt Chapman. I'm thinking of his teammate. What do you think of Matt Olson as a as a Brave? 
I have no, I, I don't really have that much of a, of a comment on it, to be honest. I just, I don't know, Jack, you got anything here? You know me and being a diehard baseball fan, but uh, it's yeah. Dylan kind of ran into a brick wall wall with this one. Yeah, sorry. I it, I will say in general though, it's good that baseball's back because baseball is really ha- really in a tough spot with where they're at because I think baseball is really losing ground to baseball or basketball and football in terms of viewership and being able to come back and have free agency and start the season at a reasonable time is very important because you know a, a lockout really would have crippled the MLB. Yeah, I thought for sure we were going to be – I didn't think they would reach an agreement this quickly. I thought they were going to miss a lot more games. Happy that they figured it out. Um, so should I even keep it in the baseball realm then, Chris? And no. At this, no. Okay. Because unless it's like, well, what else do you have? Just read. I was gonna say maybe. Point. I was gonna say maybe Josh Donaldson in the Bronx. Uh, I mean, I did hear. Was it Garrett Cole and him who had problems, yeah. or was it someone else? So yeah. So what happened was last year, Donaldson, amid the whole sticky stuff uh, scandal that went on last year, Donaldson pretty much called out Garrett Cole for using it, even though. Everyone and their mother knows that it wasn't Garrett, only Garrett Cole. It was a bunch of pitchers in the MLB, probably every single one for the most part. Maybe not the Grom, but a very high percentage of them were using him, uh, were using it. But you know, Donaldson just I think threw out Garrett Cole's name because he's kind of one of the biggest pitchers in the league in terms of name value. You um, called him out for it, and Garrett Cole. So yeah, there was beef about that. Um, but I, I saw a bunch of interviews today where Garrett Cole was pretty much just saying, like, hey, listen, if Donaldson is committed to winning a championship here, then that goes all that, – that all goes away for me. I mean, he had 26 home runs last year. Donaldson, batted, yeah. yeah. I mean, he batted 247. I mean, it's not a bad pickup. No, I mean, it, it, it's it, – the one thing I didn't like about the move was just the amount of money that he's going to be in, he's going to be making. Um, you know, he, I think he's making – Fifty million dollars in the next two years. Um, he is thirty-six again. He he did have a good year, twenty nineteen. I mean, they they he fits the Yankees metrics. He hits the ball hard, right? He's an on-base percentage guy. So if he can just show up from the plate and play good defense, I think he'll do just fine. But the other thing too is, I think in the next coming days, the Yankees are going to make another big move. Whether that is Freddie Freeman, at first. Um, because it seems like now they probably won't go for a, a Trevor Story or Carlos Correa at this point. Um, but there's still time for them to make a big move um, at first base for sure. All right, we'll go back to the NFL really quickly. I was just going to say one more thing. One uh, more thing, I, go I ahead. Josh Donaldson's like the smallest uh, Who? hitter. Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson? He's like the smallest hitter in the, uh, in the Yankees lineup, no? <laughs> Physically, I mean. Physically, um... Because, you know, their whole thing is, like, having... In the like, top five, middle, yeah. Having, like, middle linebackers uh, in their <laughs> batting lineup. But, uh, in I, the top I, five, yeah, probably. Yeah, I digress. Continue. In the top five of the lineup, I would agree with you. Um, I, I mean, I think Isaiah Kiner-Falef is kind of a tiny guy. Oh, okay. All right. I guess we're calling people small now. Maybe he wasn't that big. But maybe. in the top five, like, if you're talking Judge, Stanton, him, if you're talking about Voight, too... Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, he probably mind, he yeah. probably is at yeah. the bottom, but he's a big guy too. It, it's kind of crazy. Uh, all right, we'll go back to the NFL really quickly. Evan Engram in Jacksonville, they get they get Trevor Lawrence yet another weapon. Yeah, they got Christian Kirk and now Evan Engram on a one year deal. Um, I mean, they're not going to be able to much. they're not going to be able to afford anyone else after that Christian Kirk contract. 
Go big or go home. Oh, great. You need to spend big money, Jack. Great. And they're going to get, like, now. so now what does this tell you? They're probably going to get a, a tackle at one, no? I, I would think so, They're building yeah. up this offense through free agency. They're going to keep adding to that, no? Well, I think the worst thing you can do is go all in on free agency, and then you know, you've got, you're in basically in, you know, in a cap nightmare. Right. Uh, you're going to have to pay the, the guys that you did draft at some point. Like, it becomes, I think the Mike McCagnan 2015 Jets tell you that this does not end well. Mm. And that's assuming they even get to where that team got, which was 10 wins, which most years gets you in the playoffs, but I digress. Yeah, I remember that year. I, <laughs> I tried not to, but. <laughs> oh, man, painful years for Jets fans. But it's all right. I, I, all see, I see a good, I see a good future. In the horizon. All right, guys. Before we end things off here for the Monday crew, I just want your final prediction for the Rutgers game on Wednesday. Um, not sure if we're doing a crew tomorrow. That's the only reason why I ask. So, Chris, we'll start with you. Score prediction and why, quickly. I'm going to go Rutgers 64, Notre Dame 56. Okay. And we lock down their shooters. Okay. Jack? Chris, way too, way too big of a margin. Way too big of a margin. Oh, okay. Have you watched Rutgers basketball the past three years or three some odd years? Um, yes, I kind of am the sports director at a Rutgers <laughs> radio station. Um, I, so. my, I think it's going to be close just because it's Rutgers. It's going to be a really good game. Um, I think if I got got to give me a score prediction, 66-64, Rutgers takes it. I think... Geo or Ron, one of the two, is going to come through in the clutch. It might not be a game winner, but it's going to be some big play, some big shot down the stretch that's going to ultimately give us a chance to win the game, and then it's going to be a defensive stop on the other end that we come up with and we move on to play Alabama in San Diego, California, and Chris and Dylan, who are now in Dayton, are going to be on a plane to beautiful San Diego, California. I hope that's the reality in a couple of days. Uh, I'll go 67-63 Rutgers in a close one. I think free throws at the end will give Rutgers the the slight edge to close that one out. Uh, But that'll do it for the crew here on this Monday night. Scott Einhorn up next, but don't forget on Wednesday... 9-10 tip-off from Dayton, Ohio. Rutgers 8.30 pregame. 8.30 pregame. Rutgers takes on Notre Dame from Dayton, Ohio, so you definitely don't want to miss that. Only on 88.7 FM, New Brunswick. So 